Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you've hit a plateau with your personal growth, may I kindly suggest that you take a look at your habits. If you find yourself failing at them often, start with my free class, the number one reason why women must do habits differently. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com slash habit class. We are about to hit spring cleaning season. Something weird happened to me when we got home from our own spring break. I found myself wanting to organize almost every area of my home. Like clockwork, it came on when spring started to come around the corner. If you're like me and you want to tackle some major organization projects, I want you to take a step back and think about how clutter is a big part of what leads to organization problems in the first place. I have found that women tend to carry some pretty strong feelings about themselves when it comes to clutter and organization in their homes. They can say things like, I'm bad at organizing, I'm not a good housekeeper, I'm lazy, Maybe we carry these things around because we've been shamed into feeling this way about ourselves thanks to the Pinterest-worthy organization we see everywhere online. Maybe we grew up in a really disorganized house. Maybe we just weren't taught about how to maintain a home, perhaps because those in charge of the home didn't really delegate very well. No matter which of those things relate to you, I'm about to introduce you to someone that you are going to love and even better love learning from. Today's guest, Tracy McCubbin. 
Where I hope to be the voice for practical progress, I would say that Tracy is the voice for practical organization. We are hitting on clutter in particular in this episode today. Tracy is not here to deliver a one-size-fits-all approach to decluttering, which I find so refreshing. Instead, she's going to help you uncover the roots to your clutter issues and ways you can practically overcome them as you work on larger organization projects in your home. Tracy McCubbin is an entrepreneur, CEO, and the author of Making Space Clutter-Free and Make Space for Happiness. Her company, Declutterfly, is Los Angeles's premier organizing and decluttering company. You can find her on Instagram at Tracy underscore McCubbin. I'm so looking forward to sharing this episode with you as we head into spring cleaning season, and I start this interview with a little confession of my own. Tracy McCubbin, welcome to About Progress. Thank you, Monica. I'm so happy to be here about progress. I love it. I love what you teach and I love how you teach it, which is why you're here today. And we're going to start a little bit controversially and not on purpose. So, because it's my own confession, I take full ownership of this confession. This is not Tracy's confession. I have tried to read the, I have to keep looking at my notes because I always mess up the title too, the life changing magic of tidying up. And I keep trying and I just can't finish it. And this isn't a bash on um, Marie Kondo. I actually love her show on Netflix. I I like her personality. But to me, it translates to this bigger problem that I have with how organization is often taught or the methods that are given. And you have a different perspective, which again is why you are here. And I wanted to start with what insight you have as an organization expert on why people struggle with implementation and the maintenance of the organization advice that we see so prevalent out there? This is such a great question. And I want to start by saying um, I am forever grateful to Marie Kondo. I have been doing this a little bit longer than she has in terms of actually working with clients, not necessarily being in a public forum so much. And she started a conversation that is so important. She really opened it up. She really got us to look at, um, are our homes making us happy? Are we happy in our Yes. So I am forever, forever grateful. That being said, I have been doing this for 15 years. I have 40,000 hours of organizing with clients under my belt. That's incredible. And I think for a lot of people, her methodology stops short. I think that, um, she doesn't give an, from my perspective, look, I don't work with the people that it works for because it works for them. They don't call me. So I get the calls from the people that it didn't work. And like every other system, every other thing you implement in your life, some will work for you and some won't. Life is about gathering all the information you can and saying, all right, this part works for me. This part doesn't work for me. Um, But I think that she, for a lot of people, she glosses over the emotional attachment. I think she glosses over the shame that a lot of people feel. Mm. They're very wrapped up in, I'm a bad housekeeper. I'm lazy. You know, all these words, these negative words and connotations of ourselves. And I, um, having done this for so long, I grew up the child of a hoarder. So I've watched a person struggle. Um, For me, I came at it from a direction of, you're not wrong. You're not bad. 
your house isn't working for you. So let's fix it. Mm. Let's fix it. The great news is that you can change if you want to and need to. So I think I always sort of think my books pick off where she left, pick up where she left off. Yeah. And, and both the depth, but also the practical side of it too, which I find really, really refreshing and helpful. I, I teach women on habits, which is something I did not decide like to focus on, but it's become a part of my path. But the reason I'm bringing this up is we might be starting to talk about laundry or their morning routine. And that always goes deeper to this identity piece that you just brought up. Can we spend a little bit more time on that? Like, how does that identity piece that I'm lazy, I'm a, some people might even say I'm a hoarder and, you know, there are definitely deeper issues with that full, like, Absolutely. Right, and, but- and let me take a second to just point this out. If you listeners feel you are a hoarder, you have hoarding tendencies, please, please, please seek help. Yeah. It is a true disorder. It mm-hmm. is a very real disorder. People throw that word around lightly. Like I'm such a they hoarder. And you're like, you're not. Um, so if that's something that you're struggling with, there's amazing help out there. There's very fantastic therapeutic modalities cognitive behavior therapy. So if that's something you're struggling with, understand that that is above your everyday garden variety clutter. So I just want those people to be heard and feel seen and understand that there's help for the rest of us. Um, you know, some people aren't born organized. It's just a gene. They don't have either. They were raised in a disorganized house. They have ADHD. They've never been taught. I mean, I've worked with so many young women in their twenties who were never just taught to fold clothes and put things away. And so I always come from a point of, I want your house to work for you. Mm -hmm. I want your house to support you, you, you and your family. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you partnered, I want your house. Ultimately, Monica, your house is a tool that, that, that supports you, that gets you rest, that gives you rejuvenation, that replenishes you. If you're managing clutter, if you're moving your stuff across the counter to cook or close off the bed to go to sleep at night, if you're sort of moving clutter back and forth, your house isn't working for you. So that's the place we start. Not you're wrong, not you're bad. And I'm going to say this, here's a little actionable step. Stop looking at those pictures on Pinterest. Stop (laughs) looking at those perfect pantries because I am here to tell you those perfectly labeled, you know, restock pantries take so much time. They take so much time. If you want it and it gets you excited to do it, great. People pay me a lot of money to do them. And I don't have one in my own home because that's not where I want to spend my time. I love hearing that. You know, and if you want to, absolutely. My closet, color coordinated by category. That I enjoy doing it and it makes me feel good when I open it in the morning. My pantry, it's in clear jars. I don't label it. I know what black beans look like. I know what walnuts look like. I'm fine. Laundry room, decanting into glass jars to do. It just seems like an extra step that I don't really understand. So I think that we... In this conversation about decluttering and getting organized in the age of social media, it's sort of fed to us that it needs to look perfect. It's not about looking perfect. Mm. It's not about looking perfect. It's about working for you. 
Hmm. And I know that this is a conversation here a lot about perfectionism, being perfect or not even starting because if you can't do it perfectly, why do it at all? We're not looking for perfect. We're not, you know, I always say done is better than perfect. Like let's get it to work. Let's get it to work. I just worked with a young woman this week who who had a whole story about herself. Very successful, has a business, doing quite well. Just, I'm messy, I'm disorganized, I'm lazy. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not lazy. You're single-handedly running a very successful photography business. Like, that's not lazy. She just had never implemented it. And so it's like, we worked, went through, one of my organizers went in there, we set up systems, we talked through, here's why it makes sense to put your scissors in this drawer. You're left-handed. You're going to grab your scissors with this hand. I just got an email from her that was like, this changed my life. Like, I know where everything is. I'm not beating myself up. I didn't understand how systems worked or implement them. I will keep this up. So I think that it's it's really understanding at the root of it that it's about making your home work for you. It's not mm-hmm. about how it looks. That's a huge shift, I think, that alone will change a lot for how the the listeners approach how they want to organize and 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 make it function and less about the appearance and more about how effective it is and and how functional it is that alone, huge shift. I, I would love to hear, um, about clutter specifically (laughs) because I actually, I have, I did this organization course years ago. It's not for sale now. I had experts on it and over and over and over. It was like, you want to get organized, got to work on clutter and you got to work on purging. And this also has deeper roots and they're connected to what we've already talked about for sure. But I would like to dig into that subset of organization in particular. What are the real roots behind why we are struggling with clutter so much? Absolutely. So I describe clutter as the stuff that gets in the way of what you want to be doing. So you want to pay your bills on time, but your desk is a disaster. I use that word loosely, you know, piled high. You can't find them to pay them. You want to get dressed in the morning, but your closet is full of clothes that aren't your size anymore. You don't like anymore. So you're getting dressed out of the laundry basket. Sort of all those things are what clutter is. So it's not about the quantity. It's about how it gets in your way. Okay. I see a lot of, I mean, doing air quotes, experts they miss where the clutter comes from. Yeah. And I believe it's sort of two, two parallel paths. There is these stories that we tell ourselves about why we can't let go of the stuff we don't want to use mm. or need. I call these our clutter blocks. Okay. We all There are seven stories. We all have them. It's everything from keeping stuck in the past to the stuff I keep paying for. I paid good money for it. Stuff that um, someone passed away and left me, Mm -hmm. you know, this, um, uh, avoiding my stuff, which is me full confession. I don't like to open mail. I don't like to go through paperwork. So those clutter blocks keep us from letting go. 
Then on the other side, and no one is talking about this. I am out in the space. You can't talk about clutter if you don't talk about what you're buying. You can't talk about it if you don't talk about what you're bringing into your house. You can declutter all you want, but if you're shopping at a Mach 10 rate, you're going to have clutter. So I think, you know, why I wrote the second book, Make Space for Happiness, is that I wanted people to look at their acquisition cycle and how that plays into it. Why are you buying? What are you buying? You know, are you getting sucked in? Do you always get sucked into the siren song of the sale? You know, I had this, I had this moment where I was looking at a blouse online that was on sale. It was a very nice blouse. It was on very good sale. It was yellow. I have determined I have been on this planet for 57 years. I do not look good in yellow. I think I want to look good in yellow, but I don't. I buy something yellow. It hangs in my closet. And I was like, but it's on sale. And I was like, but it's Mm. yellow. You won't wear it. We've done this before. I'd rather pay a little more for a blouse that's blue that I know I'll wear. So I think it's getting really honest with ourselves about why we're consuming. And that honesty is really hard to do. (laughs) And I think it's honestly why we keep falling back into old patterns. Like let's say we spend the hours getting that perfect pantry set up. But if we haven't analyzed the roots behind why we have a hard time letting go of things or why we keep bringing things in, then we're just going to fall back into those same patterns. And exactly. And I think probably one of the things with the decluttering and organizing process is if you're not looking at the emotional side of it, exactly what you said, you're going to go back. If you don't understand why I'm doing this, you know, why do I buy, you know, 80 million face creams and moisturizers and eye creams because I'm really scared of my own mortality. And also you're not, you're not going to change overnight and that's okay. It's going to be a process. You're going to, you know, everybody sort of, if you lean towards the perfectionist, you dive in and you do fantastic and then you slip back and then you beat yourself up and you're like, well, it doesn't work anyway. It's like you build on it. And, um, you know, to go back to her, I think that that's another sticking point for a lot of people with Marie Kondo's method is it's like, she's like, well, you take six weeks off of work and you do your whole house and you never have to do it again. It's like, I don't know what world you live in. There are three people and a dog that live in my house. Like it is a constant, (laughs) it is constant. And that's life, right? That's life. Like Mm -hmm. we constantly need to work on our health. We constantly need to work on um, changing our habits. That's the amazing part. Like, I think that's, that's the progress and that's the joy of life, the constant learning. So it's like, we don't just get it right and then stay there. We're, you know, and as your life changes, I'm going to work with someone in their thirties much differently than I'm going to work with someone in their seventies. Their goals are very different. We're going to be talking about different things. Um, So I think this one size fits all for decluttering. I don't think it's the case. Practical tips on how to work on your decluttering roots are coming up, but first a quick word from our sponsors. (music) 
I so clearly remember just a year or two into working on progress over perfection, me getting to this point where I knew better who I was, I knew how to feel more like myself, but I felt stuck on this plateau of personal growth that I couldn't seem to get my way out of. And I finally realized that it was because my daily life was not supporting that uncovered sense of identity. In other words, my habits were not in alignment with who I really was and who I wanted to be. This is what began a years long journey in working on habits formation outside of perfectionism, and then working on creating a course to help other women do the same. If you're ready to get off this plateau of personal growth and to have your everyday life match your deeper sense of knowing who you are and what matters to you, take my sticky habit method course. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com slash sticky habit method. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash sticky habit method. I love that you're focusing too on how it's never a one and done deal. It reminds me of something Stephen King said about writing. He said, good writers are good editors because you are willing to go back again and again and again. But I've also felt that way about all of the people I've talked about organization with is a good organizer is someone who is willing to revisit what they're organizing over and over and over. And for many of us that can feel overwhelming because we just want it to be one and done. But I think if we can just embrace that, this is what it looks like to be organized. You just keep revisiting things and you do it in more doable ways that don't require so much energy. Then that's a big part of accepting and actually staying organized. Any thoughts on that? 100%. And also understanding that organizing, organizing is different than decluttering and cleaning your house. There are three separate tasks and Mm. that to have an organized house, you also have to have a regular organizing schedule. You know, it's, it's sort of like, oh, you know, for me, you know, I kind of visit my closet once a month, you know, or if I have a stressful day, then I go in there and shut the door and organize to make myself feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I, I, I made, I got control of an out of control world, yeah. but it, it, it's, it's just never one and done. It's just not. And I think that that, that idea is it's, it's a fallacy and it makes people feel bad. So in your, I want an organized home. It's like, well, then you need to put a regular decluttering practice in and you need to put a regular organizing practice in on top of regular cleaning. And once you realize, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is a cycle of keeping my home the way I want it, then it becomes, it's not a chore. It's like, this is what we do. You know, we clean out the gutters on our house before winter. So we don't break a roof. Okay. Well we declutter so we can organize so we can find our stuff. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. It takes work to implement, but it's, I think when you understand that it is ongoing, then especially if you lean towards perfectionism, right? If you're like, it has to be this way and you're very rigid about it, then it's going to feel especially disheartening. Like, I can't believe I have to do this again, but guess what? Life is messy. Life is really messy. And so just, just understand that it's going to be like going to the gym. It's going to be like maintaining your house. It's just put, make it a part of your life and you'll, and you'll see the benefit. And also the more you do it, 
the easier it is to do like that for, if you're coming from a very disorganized place, a very cluttered place, that first haul is going to be huge. But as it goes on, my goal with my clients is that they don't need me anymore. Yeah. That's my goal. You know, it's a terrible business model, but (laughs) (laughs) it's, that's my goal that it gets to a place that they stop calling me. And I think the reason why that's the case is because you also take care of the roots. You know, you, you, you actually help them think about what is happening that is creating the disorganization. And I would also say you, you help them figure out what matters to them instead of it being about a prescribed model. And so this is kind of leading me to the more practical side of our conversation. And I want to narrow in. I love how you broke those out into three areas, decluttering, organizing, and cleaning. Let's talk about decluttering specifically, and just any tips that you would have that might encompass the roots part, or maybe it's just the practical side, however you wish. Like, what would you tell women who are like, I'm ready with the decluttering step. How can I do this in a way where it's matching all of what we've talked about so far? It's great. So one of the things that I say to people, if they're getting started is first of all, first step, very first step. Why, why do you want to be decluttered? And I don't want your why to be, I'm lazy, I'm a bad housekeeper. That's not a why. That's a beating yourself up out the window with that. I want to have my family over for Thanksgiving. I haven't felt comfortable in my home to have my family over for Thanksgiving. I want to invite my best friend for a long weekend and I want her to stay in the guest room. Pick a positive. I want to feel empty space. I want to feel calm when I walk through the door. So start with a why because the why is going to keep you motivated. Mm -hmm. Next thing is, Start small, Hmm. start small, start one drawer, one shelf in a cabinet. Look, when I go in and do people's homes with them, we do the whole house for a week, but I have a staff, I have trucks, I have a whole, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's unrealistic for most people to think that they're going to do it that way. So start small. It's why I started the, the videos on Instagram. I do these five things, um, Things to declutter. I get the name wrong all the time. <laughs> Things to declutter in under five minutes. And I pick one category and they blew up. Yeah. I mean, they blew up and people keep DMing me like I've been doing these. And all of a sudden I turned around and my whole house is decluttered. Mm-hmm. So it's they're bite-sized pieces. They're manageable. You can do them, you know, in a half an hour when you get home from work, five minutes on a Saturday. And I think that I think that if you're struggling with clutter, all you can see is, you know, you just have the bird's eye view and you're like, I'm never going to get through this. And I was like, no, no, no. Start with bathing suits. Summer's over. What bathing suit didn't you wear? What bathing suit is the elastic out of? Start with bathing suits. One category, one drawer. You're done. Can you share the name of that series again? Because I I was... I think yeah, I it's called uh, Things to Declutter in Under Five Minutes. And it's on Instagram. It's on YouTube too, but it, I, I do them on Instagram. And I think that understanding that you can break it down into bite-sized chunks. And then also when you're doing a small category, you get to really feel what comes up for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. if you're doing pants, is stuff around your weight coming up? It's stuff around your body image coming up. Like, I think if you're trying to do your whole house, you're like, you know, chop wood, carry water, like so exhausted that you don't yeah. get to sort of sort through. So it's really, really, um, people have been loving them and they're super successful. So I would say if you struggle, start small. 
just start small. My community knows um, that's a big focus for us because it creates momentum, you know, because when we're looking at the whole house, we know all the energy that whole house is going to require. And if we were to employ people like you, I mean, it would literally take team, a team of people and a lot of hours and a lot of investment. And I think you would be worth it for sure. But, but if someone who's like, I just need to do this for myself, that's where a lot of people get stuck is just thinking about all of it entails. I love this so much. I love this focus of starting small and that you said it's a good way to practice connecting back to the roots. So that way you don't maybe have to book a couple or a lot of therapy sessions, but maybe that would be helpful too, but you can even just practice. Why is this part of my closet hard for me? Why is it hard for me to let go of this gift? My, my best friend gave me that I actually really hate or never use, <laughs> you know, just practice yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And also the great thing about starting small and having successes is that you build on them. You're like, oh, yeah. this, this utensil drawer was a disaster. It was full of plastic utensils and one chopstick and straws. And now it's, and it feels good when I open it. And when I go to unload the dishwasher, I know where everything goes. This feels good. I want to do one more drawer, you know, because if you try and do the whole house without a ton of help, you're just going to get frustrated and it's going to feel disorganized. And you're going to be like, why am I bothering? Look, decluttering is hard. I'm not going to pretend decluttering and getting organized is hard. Like I said, I have a team, like I have 11 people. We are busy all the time. Mm -hmm. There are many jobs that we go into the, there are three and four of us. Mm -hmm. So people to understand that it's a big job and if you can break it down into bite-sized pieces you can get it done and with that maybe it helps to just even prioritize you know instead of going right to like I love the home edit too. So like, but instead of going right to their homepage and like looking at the beautiful pantry or the beautiful closet and realizing actually it's my, what is it <laughs> that you're always stumbling yeah, across? I, I always tell people to just, just spend a day. If you're starting on this journey, where's the log jam in your house? Where's okay. it really not working for you? Is it the entryway? Is it like where really look at Look at the idea of where it, your house isn't working as opposed to it's not pretty. It's mm-hmm. not rainbow coordinated. I love books. I love looking at those rainbow bookshelves. I'm never going to do it. I'm just not. I've done it for a million clients. I, it's just, I don't want to upkeep it. I love looking at them. I will look at those pictures all day. Yeah. You know, so it's it's an understanding of there's there's decluttering, there's organizing, there's, and then there's like this other level of like perfection. I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's perfect, but that kind of visual, and you have to understand how much work and upkeep that takes. And if you want to put your time into it, fantastic. I'd rather go to farmer's market, you know? (laughs) Yeah. An example of this is one of my friends, instead of separating the, the utensils. She just puts them all in the drawer together. (laughs) And that to her was like a, I can let that go because I like 
this drawer to always be perfect. You know, something like that, I think is such a good example. Um, did you have any more tips specifically with decluttering? I wanted to make sure I gave you. Yeah, space for that. I have. Um, also with people, I have a fantastic set of five questions that you can ask yourself about. That's actually what I was going to ask you about. If you had some like filters, like, yep. Questions. I have five questions. Awesome. So, um, and if you go to my website, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes, yes. sign up for my newsletter, you get this PDF um, and it's fantastic. So it is, do you use it more than once a year? Okay. Right. Do you use it more than once a year? I have a giant platter. I use it every Thanksgiving. It's a little impractical, but it's had 22 years of Thanksgivings. I yeah. keep it. Yes. Does this item make you money? Meaning do you use it for your work? Not okay. it's piled up in a corner for a garage sale, right? Yeah. Is this making okay. Money? <laughs> nice um, distinction. Do you have a place to store it? Do you have an actual place? Do you have room in your home to store it in a place like not, you know, my bills are shoved in my medicine cabinet because I don't have any other place for it, but do you have a place to store it? If you let it go, could you reasonably borrow it or buy it again? Is it more expensive for you? Are you paying for outside storage to store things you don't use? Could you actually just buy them 10 times over? That's a great one. And then the last one's my favorite. Do you just love, love, love it? We have some things in our house that we just love. Yeah. That's why I have a lot of throw pillows. I made them from fabrics I collected while I was traveling. That's so neat. My partner jokes all the time. We have so many pillows on the bed, but every time I look at them, I'm like my trip to Morocco, my trip to Guatemala, like they make me super happy. So those things, but this list is fantastic. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you get a downloadable printable blah, blah. Perfect. We'll make sure we link that in the show notes. Fantastic. So this is where Tracy, I'm going to ask you to share one small way women can start who are listening. We've covered so, so much ground here and all of it's been incredibly helpful. One small way they can start. This you can implement immediately. And this will make this change. It's a change in language. Okay. That's it. The mm -hmm. change in language. And it will have such a profound effect. Instead of saying when you're going shopping, I need, I need a new pair of jeans. I need mm -hmm. a new ski coat. I need a new pair of leggings. I'm going to bet real money. You don't need them. You have all the jeans you could ever possibly need. Yeah. You just want them <laughs> and that's okay. So just flip your languaging for a while. I want a new pair of jeans. Somehow when you take the need, the grasp it has on you to shop and buy and consume filters away, you're like, oh, I want a new pair of jeans. And then you're like, wait, I have 10 pairs of jeans that fit me perfectly fine. And I love them. I don't. Okay. Um, that language switch is so easy and it will resonate so deeply with people like, oh, right. I'm trying to satisfy my wants and not my actual needs. Yeah. My need is I want my house to run smoothly. So takes the urgency away. Takes me. The ur yep. Takes the mm -hmm. urgency away. Takes that's a great way to put it, Monica. It takes the urgency away. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that tip so much. Thank you. Let's talk about your book too. Make space for happiness. I want I want to hear why you wrote this book and how it compares or as a companion piece to your first book too. I'm curious about that. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I wrote this during the pandemic. Um, it's 
called Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Magnetizing the Life You Want. And my first book, Make Space for Happiness, what, uh, no, Making Space Clutter-Free, I named them very close, uh, was about why we couldn't let go of things. Yeah. It was about these clutter blocks inside of us. Then all of a sudden I started to kind of really pay attention. And especially during the pandemic, I was just watching people shop like crazy, mm-hmm. like I would drive down the street and I'd be like these leaning towers of packages on their front stoops and Amazon trucks and everywhere. And I started, and I got a lot of calls from clients. Hi, remember all that decluttering? Well, I bought it all again. And then some, Um, and I started to look at why are we, why we shop. I did a very deep dive on the science of shopping about the dopamine we hit, we get what we're trying to, what we're trying to fill in ourselves with shopping and how we actually really can get it in other ways. And the science was so fascinating. And what I realized is that the way I see it is we're these whole beings and it's almost like we have a little jigsaw puzzle piece out of us. Like we're mm-hmm. missing this little piece. Like, and, and I, was, I don't want to say a hole, but like a little puzzle piece missing. And we're like, oh, if I shop, I'll be able to fill that hole. Yeah. be able to fill that hole. So I started to call those holes our clutter magnets, right? Mm. I'm going to shop because I'm feeling lonely because I don't have true connection right now. Or I'm buying all these, you know, all these face serums because I don't have a lot of self-confidence right now. Um, I'm buying all these unitaskers and gadgets because I'm trying to save time. You know, it's these seven clutter magnets of the real reason that we're shopping. So in the book, I look at the science of shopping, why we shop, how we were, we are hardwired to shop because we were hunters and gatherers and we used to get rewarded when we found an apple tree in the wild. Well, now we still get that same reward when we go to Target and there's 7,000 apples that we don't even <laughs> have to work to find. So it's understanding why we shop. It's understanding how we're marketed to, and it's understanding other things that we can do to, to fill those same feelings. Like how can you get a sense of what's your real purpose? How do you get self-respect? Yeah. So it's great. They're, they were written as companion pieces, but you don't have to read, you can read them independently. Um, people are losing their mind over it. It's really, I just, no one was having this conversation. Everyone was talking about decluttering and getting organized, but no one was talking about the stuff. And then a whole bunch of organizers started making products. Yeah. So the bandaid on the wounds, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, you're telling me to buy more stuff to wait. What? That's funny. Yeah. So, um, I'm really proud of this book. Yeah, I'm really proud of this book. I just think it's such an important conversation and holistically in how we live our lives. And also, you know, what our shopping and consuming is doing to our planet and how we yeah. are, you know, participating and I do a deep breakdown on fast fashion and, you know, stuff that we really take for granted. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm really excited for people to read this book. It's on my nightstand right now. I'm already into it and having so many realizations and connections to even just a few years ago, when I felt less stable in who I was, I shopped a lot more online and I was always going through those cycles of getting things and panicking and returning them. And it never felt good. And that's really just faded away as I've worked on these roots, but reading this book has helped me identify them again and to see where they're still lurking and coming into play. 
I'm really grateful for the research you did for it and also how you put it together. It's, it's magnificently done. So we make sure we'll link in the show notes, make space for happiness, as well as your first book too. And that wonderful guy that you told us about with those five questions to help with the cluttering process. I also want you to um, share where they should go online if they're oh, ready fantastic to learn from you. Yeah. So, um, Tracy McCubbin, M-C-C-U-B-B-I-N.com. You can, um, that's where you can sign up to get the free guide of the five questions you can ask yourself. I call it, should it stay or should it go? Um, and then, um, do you do it to the clash tune? You know. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> and then Instagram is really my biggest platform. I'm on Facebook and TikTok, but Instagram is where I do these five, um, five minute decluttering challenges. I do about three, four of them a week and I've got a library of past ones and they're just, they're super positive, super encouraging. And I'm telling you, if you follow them, you're going to get your whole house done and you're not even really going to notice it, which is kind of amazing. People are like, I decluttered and it wasn't such a big deal. That's fantastic. We'll link to your Instagram page too. And then I thank you, Tracy. This has been wonderful. I so enjoyed talking to you and learning from you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. I'll now share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to, and those on my go-getter newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. Number one, clutter is the stuff that gets in the way of what you want to be doing. Number two, identity is one of the roots to our organization problems. How can you more helpfully and still truthfully reframe your identity with clutter? Number three, two other emotional roots include clutter blocks, what stories you carry around your clutter, and clutter magnets, what you're bringing into your home and why. Number four, organization and decluttering are different than cleaning. They each require their own systems and routines. Accept that it's part of life to maintain your clutter, organization, and cleaning. Number five, for decluttering tips, ask yourself why, start small, pay attention to what's coming up for you, and focus on what areas are really bothering you function-wise. Your do something challenge for this episode is to switch the word from need to want when you're going shopping and looking for something in particular. I'm going to give you a little bonus do something challenge too. When you are working through some clutter, use Tracy's filter questions that she mentioned near the end of the interview. We've linked in the show notes where you can sign up for her newsletter and get the PDF that she mentioned. And we've also linked to everything Tracy. As you can definitely hear, her personality is just so delightful. I loved this interview and getting to know her better. And her five-minute organization challenges that she has on her page are so excellent and totally in alignment with what we do here in this community. So make sure you go check her out. Before we sign off for today, I want to let you know that I am really buckling down in planning this fall's launch of Finding Me Academy. I mentioned it uh, probably a month ago on an episode, how I'm rehauling my group coaching program into a year-long coaching community with a course, like a course coaching community. It's going to be incredible. 
If you want to get on a wait list to be the first in the know uh, when registration is open, and that will be before the general public because I will be capping enrollment, you can go to the link we have in the show notes. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen. Now go and do something with what you learned today. It's on YouTube too, but it, I, I do them on Instagram. That's that. I think there's a playlist. I don't know what the kids call it. Um, Neither do I. <laughs> what is it? But yeah, um, yeah. So Instagram, they're on. They're on my Instagram. And um... seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.